Welcome back to Colombian Influence. We are on chapter 15 today of the Primal Wound Book Club series. We are almost done. We're on part four, the conclusion. I cannot believe it. I know. I We've been saying this last few chapters. <laughs> just like, we're almost near the end and we're going to be covering the second to last chapter, which is wild. There is a lot of great um, conclusions that are going to be coming out of just this chapter and discussing kind of adoption in a wider lens, I suppose, and just kind of overall things versus, I guess, sort of the psychology we've been yeah. focusing on. Um, so I guess this chapter in particular, it is broken down to quite a few sections, uh, as per usual. We'll just be going through the ones that we that stuck out to us the most. Follow along as you'd like. And of course, everybody's going to have something different that sticks out to them. But as usual, <laughs> first <Page> section, <laughs> Nancy starts off strong. Every so, time. <laughs> every time. The first section, I think for both of us actually, had quite a bit of an impact, mm-hmm. which the section is called. The impact of abandonment on other populations. So if you want to start us off and what you kind of think about this section. Yeah. So I was just saying, we just talked about this in uh, chapter 14. I'm talking about how a lot of people who aren't a part of the adoption triad can really um, connect with us mm-hmm. during these chapters and during just adoption in general and kind of the trauma that we go through. A lot of people and the, the section really breaks down of how a lot of people um, feel the same way and have those different type of separational traumas during different aspects of abandonment. And it's not only through adoption. So Mm -hmm. I thought that was really interesting and that we just touched base on this and now it's kind of going in depth on that. Um, Other than that, you know, I kind of just had... Do you have any quotes or anything underlined in this particular section? that The beginning, you know, it... Breaking down what I just said, although this book is written for and about members of the adoption triad, um, it's for other people involved with adoption, which I think is also very good because people outside of adoption, um, not even just the adoptive parents, the adoptee, the birth mothers, the siblings, the mm-hmm. the other family members, part of you know the adopted family or the biological family, also have aspects of this too. So. I just thought that was interesting. No specific quotes stuck out to me, per se. What about you? That's interesting because for me, this section, there was one thing that just kind of rubbed me a little bit the wrong way was comparing, I think it was on like kind of more into the top of chapter or of page 203, comparing adoptees and their separation trauma to like children of their bio parents where their mother is involved in their career and drops off their kid at daycare. Yes, 202. It's a big is it 202? Yeah, big section there. I'm oh, like, yeah, this is where it, I say just yes. hell no. That's literally I, all I, I wrote. Like, I was like, no. Interesting. I've never <laughs> thought of daycare like that. You know, like people go to school, people do all of that. Like I yeah. think if it's different if your birth well, let me not say even birth mom. Like if your parent dropped mm-hmm. you off with like daycare for days on end things like that like or Are you know where they're not seriously gone and not communicate. yeah and not present <sighs> that's maybe where it would like have a little bit of understanding but just daycare day-to-day you know parents work and i yeah i definitely didn't agree with that part there's a lot more that like in the end of this chapter that i kind of sum up a little bit more but like in this particular section it was just i don't know talking about 
how that's related. And I guess I just don't agree with that. But again, I'll kind of wrap that up at the end. The only quote that I wanted to bring out here in this section was page 203. And this goes for every parent is listen to your children today so they won't have to pay a therapist to do so 15 or 20 years from now. I highlighted that also. And then I wrote under it, you break it, you buy it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, hey, you know, I saw that on like a TikTok or something. Yeah. Like, yeah, my mom pays for therapy because you break it, you buy it. And I'm like. <laughs> That's kind of a good rule. I'm not. I'm not mad about it. Like that if that, so if that has to be the one yeah. financial like a help that you get for your parents, eh, you know, would it be the worst thing? No. So for me, yourself. that was the section or like the part of that particular section that hit me most. However, and I guess I'm not really sure why this was the same section, but whatever. I agree. I okay. I it didn't kind make of, any sense to you either. No, going to the next part. Next like, page, two hundred four. I was yeah. like, okay, wait, this should be a different section, but okay. agree. Um. So this next section is talking about. We had talked about this in a previous chapter, either the one before thirteen or fourteen. Mm-hmm. One of the chapters was talking about like genetic sexual attraction, which is a very taboo subject, but it's kind of going into the fact that like I think a lot of people look at a married couple and they start to look like each other, you know, things like that. And it's something to do with just like this primal instinct where you're like, you are attracted to people that look like mm-hmm. you to whatever degree. And in this particular section, it talks about, and I guess going kind of into the whole surrogacy thing in the next section is like, they don't believe sperm donors should exist or surrogates because mm-hmm. who knows where you came from. And the fact that inbreeding can happen so much more frequently because you don't know where you came yeah. from. And maybe like a, you know, someone that's a child from surrogacy or from a sperm donor or whatever is like, it's not the same, but it's still coming from a mysterious place, especially domestic. If you're domestic, right. then, uh-huh, that's complicated. Yeah, this anonymous donor, that was so interesting to me because mm-hmm. it's like, you could really be marrying your sister and you don't even know it. Or uh, any any relation. A Absolutely. Very li- like, yeah. That could be very likely. Like, you never so, know. So, so interesting. And one of the things that was highlighted here was there may be a day when DNA tests will be required for obtaining marriage licenses. And I was like, oh, my God. I am shook up. Like, mm-hmm. I could... I, now I'm just like anybody that I were to have a serious relationship, I'd be like, get a 23andMe and we need to find out, like, <laughs> what's going on. But I think a lot of it also just goes back to the very basic thing of, like, bringing up the possibility of inbreeding. That's where Mm -hmm. it's an issue. It's Mm -hmm. not just taboo. It's like, okay, that's a health concern. Right. It's a really big health concern. Absolutely. That was just something that really blew me away. I was not expecting that. Um, Let's see here. Did you have the very next one? In what? The surrogacy myth? Yeah. Surrogacy myth. I didn't really have anything for the next couple, I think. I didn't really either, except a few times over the next couple chapters, I noticed Nancy saying, Nancy, that's the author, I'm not just, whatever. (laughs) Um, She mentions, like, she uses the term real mother a lot. I saw that in the notes, and I didn't even realize that. I, like, kept crossing it up, being like, Nancy. She hasn't used that. No, she hasn't ever. No, she said bio, like, the whole time. Or first. Mm -hmm. Um... And then top of 205, she said, the surrogate is the substitute mother. And I said, coming in hot, Nancy. My God. Like, yeah. Mm. But yeah, she says that a couple times. I also just didn't like that section per se, just because, like, she was saying how, like, bad it is having 
all these different options of IVF, certain things like that. And I'm just like, now, day and age, like, it's not black and white on where, you know, a man and woman has a baby. Like, there's so there's many. There's a di- lot of mixed couples yes. from different angles. And I guess, well, first, let me, fin- you can finish your thought. I don't want to interrupt you. Well, I was just going to say, like, I just, I think I'll talk about it more at kind of when I sum up the chapter, too. But mm-hmm. it's just, there's so many different types of relationships these days. And so the standard men and women conceive in is just might not actually be happening be anymore or naturally happening like a lot of people maybe try that way too and then ivf it's is an option so it's just like having those options are good but also having those resources i think is going to be very helpful in mm. a sense because there are going to be certain types of traumas or certain type of questions in these situations i have friends going through stuff like that right yeah. now trying to find a sperm donor and like it's their only option but yeah. they want to have kids like i don't think that should be looked down upon it's just how can we make it better I think my two points of view on that are forcing more people to be in a straight relationship when they don't want one and this child having a parent that isn't their true identity. Mm. And it comes out later more often than not. Yeah. It's going to come out and it's going to be a thing where they're like, my whole life was a lie. Yeah. Either that would be scarring. Or you think about, like, oh, they don't have their biological parent, but they're with these parents that are so in love and so happy and so they're authentic selves, which is worse. However, I also think mm. with this being a such a prevalent topic now in 2022, yeah. so is mental health. Absolutely. These types of things are so much more preventative. They're not growing up being like us where we, you know, I didn't see a therapist and start talking about adoption until I was 27. It's like... That would not be the case. You would have a kid in just kind of integrating therapy and integrating mental health conversations because they know this and because they know that that needs to come along with, like, let's say, a couple of two men Mm -hmm. needing to have a surrogate. It's like, that would be one of the implications to do that because it's also not as taboo to talk about. Yeah. So. Absolutely. I personally, now that we kind of talk about that, that just kind of came to me now where I was like, these are the options I'm sorry, but I don't see how this is like toxic in any way. Right. I think it needs personally. To be more I felt like Nancy, you you shouldn't even be saying this. And I, when when was this book even written? Who knows? But like, it can't remember, be that long ago either. Where it's not like it's, decades ago. Like it yeah. was prevalent enough now where we read it, obviously, mm-hmm. and there are versions of it in different publications and everything. Right. But yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Um, I agree, and I think. Jumping ahead a couple of sections, the question of abortion was a big section that... Because neither had. of us had a lot of comments on anything else. But yeah, I no. think moving forward to that, the question of abortion... And I kind of knew this would be a hot button issue, which is why... Hot button. Hot button. <laughs> <laughs> um, why I put that on our Instagram recently to get a poll. Yeah. Because as I was reading, I was like, you know, I know how I feel. Mm-hmm. How do other adoptees feel? And... I guess to start that off, when I asked the question of, like, you as an adoptee, how do you feel pro-choice, pro-life? It was 20 people that were pro-choice, yeah. one person that was pro-life. Mm-hmm. I, I think that says a lot. And again, that was a quick little poll that doesn't stay up very no. long, too. So, like... That was 24 hours for yeah. people to answer. But, like, also most of the very people that I see on support groups on Facebook, I've talked yeah. about this through the whole book of, like, different points of view that have really helped me open my eyes. And people are always like... How do you react to when people say, well, thank God your mother didn't abort you or blah, 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 mm-hmm. like you would be here. It's like, 
wouldn't also know that I was here or wasn't here. And I wouldn't be going through what I've been going through. So it's going such back to the a beginning. such a mixed feeling on this whole topic, I think. But definitely, I mean, we just posted something again today. So definitely follow us on social media because we go into these different points throughout, you know, our daily daily lives as they come up. But mm-hmm. I just was very stuck on how I don't know, you know. Just a lot of this section was very interesting to me, and I, I don't think I can go through every single spot here, but a lot of people have, I think this was something that came up to me too, is like a lot of people have miscarriages. And at that point, they're like, that's definitely a baby. I had a miscarriage. Mm-hmm. But at that same mm-hmm. point, people who have abortions or certain things like that, they're like, that wasn't a baby. But it's like, what if it was the same timeline? You would think mm-hmm. a miscarriage is a baby, but not this. So, like, timelines on certain things, it's just kind of like, okay, so that doesn't make sense. You're kind of contradicting what you're saying here. Right. But, I don't know. Going See, with the adoption portion, you know, it's very different. We have discussed the fact that, like, adoption is not a alternative for abortion. Right. Adoption is an alternative for parenting. And... Going back to what you just said, it's like, why is that the basis of your decision? Right. Baby or not. Yeah. Baby or cells. That, like, this whole section in a lot of this chapter is talking about the fact that everything is based off of miseducation. Yeah. Where nobody is fully informed on either side. Personally, I don't know. Are you willing to share your opinions on this? Yeah. And I think we're the same. Like, I think it's very... choice. Yeah. I am very pro-choice. Yes. Mostly just due to the fact that, I mean, you know, it's further into the chapters is discussing and like going back to the whole like babies in daycare or whatever and the mother being selfish for having a career. If that's what's considered, like I've been told that I'm selfish for not wanting to have kids. I'm like, who's the real selfish one here thinking that they can have it all? Mm. That's unrealistic. I'm not unrealistic in thinking that. My life is not made to do that. I don't want any part of that. Like, that's just not where I'm at. Do I want to have relationships where, you know, kids are involved? Yes. That's why I'm going to be an aunt to all my friends' kids. (laughs) Sounds great. You know? Have tattoos of my kids' names. I know. Long story. We'll have to talk about that one day on (laughs) on an Instagram live or something. But it's just so many, like, on 211. This attitude just gives... Well, I guess it's just saying, like, people are dealing with partial truths. That's what Everything I was is partial truth. going to say next. Yes. Because, you know, I do believe that there needs to be more education on each side, but mm-hmm. it really starts with the fact that people shouldn't be able to be... You know, certain communities, they're not having sex more often than others. They're just getting less access to birth control, sex education, health care. Yep. That's it. That's the only reason that that's happening so easily in certain communities. And that's just a systemic issue. I'm I'm not going to get into that. But I don't know. That that section was really interesting. It Um, definitely was. The next one being difficult choices, which I think you had highlighted. I a little bit highlighted, actually. Um, yeah, I did. Uh... What do I even want to say? Maybe I don't I have one thing highlighted, actually. You go for it. Um, Top of 212. Women who have had abortions and have also given up a child for adoption will most often say that adoption was the more, more difficult of the two for them to deal with because the child is out there somewhere and they have no idea what happened to him. 
Yes. And I made a couple notes here just saying, um, where is it? Don't know. Basically, just like what I noted here is that one life is harmed because yeah. obviously, like, I think birth mother, whether that's a woman who is finding out they're pregnant, not in a situation to have a child that has an abortion, there should be counseling that comes with that. Same with if they put up a child for adoption. Yeah. And I I don't want any lives to be harmed. But again, that's where prevention comes in. That's where I have all these opinions where it's like, well, if none of those work and we have to have abortion be legal, that's what it should be. Yeah. And I also just want to mention that 25 million unsafe abortions take place each year globally, mostly in developing countries. And Colombia just decriminalized abortion. Really? Like two, three weeks ago. Something like that. I did not know that. So that's huge. Yeah. Unsafe abortions can be fatal, and that is not pro-life. So I kind of leave that section there. Did you have anything else for... The only thing I had in this also kind of just jumps into our discussion question. Um, As an adoptee, do you lean more towards pro-life or pro-choice? I think that's something we just want to continue to talk about. Uh, hear different people's opinions. I mean, we're always open to hearing stuff. You know, we're not going to shut you out if you have a different opinion. We we love to just hear I what, would be very interested yeah, to hear. Like, we'd love to hear your side. We have very different sides, but we have different sides about literally everything. Everything. And everyone's experience different ex- is completely yep. different. Exactly. Yep. And then bouncing off of that, adoptees who are in reunion, it talked about this on 212, on that section, second section of that paragraph on top, about... Mm-hmm. Adoptees who are in reunion or starting that process, did you or will you ask your birth mother, was an abortion an option? Mm. And for me, I was just like, whoa, I never thought about that. But how would you even that, do you think, if somebody said yeah? I meant to say I never asked her because I knew it already. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So my my birth dad was like, here's some money, gave some money to my birth mom to go get an abortion. But she took that money to go to the orphanage and to just provide for herself and for me during those next couple months before I was born. So, like, that was an option for her. That was a choice. Mm. Does I, that make you feel any type of way? I mean, I don't know. It's a weird feeling, honestly, because it's like, wow, she... I guess it goes into a different section, too. I don't know if it's this chapter or the next chapter, but it's just like... She didn't have the funds for me, but, like, that's where she probably would have... She wanted to keep me, you know? Mm. Like, she wanted me for herself, but she just didn't have the resources to do so. And I think that's in the next chapter, Mm -hmm. and I'll talk about that a little bit more. But I don't know. I I guess I feel like it was her choice, and she kept me, and I I mean, that's that's my path. That's what it's supposed to be, so I don't think anything Mm -hmm. different of it, but it's interesting that there was an option. That's interesting. I'm just saying, like, I've never thought about it too too yeah. deeply either. But like people who are like unsure of their past and like what happened, would you ask that, or mm-hmm. do you want to know? Mm-hmm. And I don't think you ever want the answer to be yes. But like, yes, I was gonna do it. Yes, I thought about it. I, they talked about that in here. But like for me, it's just like it's very common. Like I don't. Mm-hmm. I would assume. It wouldn't, it, I would there's assume not much that could be the outcome. Besides yes or no. Exactly. It's not going to be a surprise. I would assume it would be yes. Like, you definitely thought about. That's, I mean, probably why adoption happened. Wasn't too surprised about it. It's because it wasn't like, I'm not going to keep it for my, keep the child for myself. 
Yeah. So that's interesting. Very interesting. Other than that, I didn't have anything. That was the only thing I wanted to touch on on that little section. Um, let's see here. Yeah, that was kind of let's see, the next section then I had a little bit more and then more honesty and support, less judgment. Did not love what Nancy said at the bottom of 212, basically saying that people need to have more self-control. I read that too. This is the oldest, yeah, dumbest argument in the book. Like, because also then on the next page, she's like, they should have more information and access to birth control methods. I'm like, okay, why don't you lead with that, Nancy? Right? Come on, can you start this chapter with that? And instead of being like, maybe just don't have sex, it's like. I know. Stop. <laughs> yeah, it's just like she said right in the next little part. Just because I a person know. is physically capable of having sexual intercourse doesn't mean they're emotionally ready emotionally, for it. Emotionally, financially, like anything. Oh, yeah. whatever. That was the only other thing that I guess that stuck out to me there. And like I think those are deep conversations that we can have not necessarily on a book club, but just day-to-day just life. Yeah, just us talking. Um it's something that's going to continue to happen, conti- continue to be brought up and change. And mm-hmm. we're just interested to hear everyone's point of view on that. So I think those are the main discussion questions we had for this chapter. Yeah. Um, other than that, did you have any other last things before we kind of retouch on how this made us feel? The only thing that was on this last page, 214, was talking about how, like, in this last section... Being true beliefs or convenience mm. is talking about like figuring out if they, if people feel like it's a fetus versus like a fetus being a human, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, medical procedures, compassion towards that, uh, whether or not it's going to turn into having a child being with rotating nannies all day or daycare providers, blah, 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 blah. Um, the ma- material advantages of two incomes. It's easier to believe that our children are too young to remember and thus be hurt by sexual abuse than to leave the abusing parent. Like, there's so many things that are at play here. And all I had to say was, like, this would require a major economical and societal shift for everyone to do this successfully. It's unrealistic with where we're at. That's such to, a great point. To bring adoption to less of a massive issue. That and also just bringing back to a TikTok that we had posted a few weeks ago on our page where I was, like, asking these protesting pro-lifers, how many kids have you adopted? None, None. of them had any. They're like, I have my own kids. I'm like, first yeah. of all, you have the verbiage wrong. Then what are you even doing out here? I know. Like, it's just like, for that this. should then probably be your primary primary source instead of prioritizing the fact that they have to be your blood child. Yeah. I love what Ugh. you just said because, like, the part that stuck out to me is adopted children, foster children, stepchildren, biological mm-hmm. children, all children deserve nothing less than our own very best love and protection. Yeah. And I think a lot of that, you know, if that is them putting in a daycare because they have someone looking after them, you know, and protecting and loving them and showing them the rights and wrongs, then okay. If it's you stay at home mom, okay. If it's you doing adoption, okay. You know, like there's yeah. just so many different aspects of that. And I just think, again, just putting the child's needs first and the well-being of our children is something overlooked so easily. And again, that's going back to the economical Absolutely. societal shifts. It's yes, like, yes. These decisions need to be well-informed. There needs to be a different economical shift so that these parents that are ready emotionally, because mm-hmm. I think that oh. Nancy's saying that that's the biggest thing because you want the child. It's like, that should be the biggest basis. That, But like, if financial is less of a 
issue mm-hmm. to get in the way of this, we would have far less of this problem. Absolutely. And there'd be far less hurt and far less trauma. Yes. <sighs> okay. I, I guess I do. We do have one more question. So we talked about, How you know, you adoptees, pro-life, pro-life pro-choice. pro-choice. Um, would you ask your birth mom about an abortion was an option? Lastly, do you connect with non-adoptees with traumatized <laughs> childhoods? And we said this. We've said this before. Yes. In our Definitely. past chapter. Absolutely. And I think that's what makes us, um, you know, have quite a wide variety of listeners, too. Because a lot mm, of people can point. relate to what we have to say. And a lot of people do know someone who is adopted. I don't know. It goes hand in hand. I think it's we definitely connect 100%. Yeah. I think there is that basis of, like, you know, why you are a certain way, mm-hmm. how you react to certain things, maybe having a more sensitive way of going about things. Like that's a lot of people that even in my current position yeah. now, like that I've met at my current job where it's like, they had a certain childhood that was kind of similar, but mm-hmm. very different in a way where it's like they had the abandonment element, but for very, very different reasons. Yes. But I connect a lot with those people. It's Absolutely. like, I, because I mostly just like people that haven't had big things happen to them. I'm like, what? Like they just, I think they just don't see I guess they just kind of can't connect with me, maybe, and that's why mm-hmm. I can't connect with them. But so that's the other discussion question for this. Otherwise, I guess any final thoughts on this chapter? I think it was a no. We kind of I think we touched on how it really made us feel. Yeah, um, as we went. Yeah. Other yeah. than that, continue to follow us, uh, rate our podcast, give us reviews, um, follow us on all social all media. I mean. You know the gist. (laughs) (laughs) Until next time. Later. Bye.